I have to be delusional enough to think people are going to listen to this. It's thunderstorming outside. There's lightning. Hit me with it. Come on. How smart can you be when you have huge mantids? Okay, he, him. Go put your pronouns and go sit in the corner. I'll take care of this. It's just common sense. Good morning, Wi-Fi money guy. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Getting so pumped, you- getting started. Exactly. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on. I am so excited for this one. So for those who may not know you, could you just introduce yourself quickly and what you talk about on Twitter? Sure. So uh, on Twitter, I'm Wi-Fi Money Guy, and I talk about direct response marketing and uh, how to use it to start like an e-commerce brand. And that's pretty much what I do. And uh, it's a wide range of, you know, topics and, you know, it's kind of complex, but uh, people that mastered it can uh, do pretty cool things like, you know, make money that is uh, completely separate from your, your actual time. Right. You mm-hmm. might put 10 hours, get $0. <laughs> you might put a hundred hours, still get $0. Or you might put one hour and then get like a hundred thousand dollars. Right. And it, mm-hmm. it's like, it's the beautiful thing that we do. Right. It's uh, once you kind of understand what you're doing and, and you have the, the mechanism and the thinking process to, you know, test, validate a product or a service, then you're really free. Uh, and I really mean it. You're really free. So how did you get your start? Uh, I love hearing about how people end up in e-com, in Wi-Fi money businesses. How did you first start selling stuff on the internet? Yeah, so um, it, it started kind of interesting because of uh, I actually come from a, from a tech background. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I am, I've done tech sales, uh, I've done software engineering. And, uh, to be honest, uh, the, I used to think that, uh, the, the only way, and this is kind of like very nearsighted of my, myself, right? Like basically I, I just used to think that the only way you could make money is like building an app and then raising capital and like building the next Facebook, right? Very uh-huh. typical thinking back in the day. Uh, you know, I don't know how old you are, but like, I'm not that old either. But when I was in college, uh, Snapchat, you know, had just come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was like the big, you know, big deal. And uh, everyone wanted to do exactly the same thing, right? It's like, oh, the next mm-hmm. Facebook. Uh, so I started there and uh, I kind of just wanted to build, you know, cool products uh, in a way also like kind of become famous doing it. It was like, it was like completely the opposite of what I do now. <laughs> it's like I wanted, I wanted fame. I wanted like a product that didn't make any money, but uh, raised a ton of money from investors. I don't know why. I, I just didn't, I guess my concept of business wasn't the the, the greatest back then. But uh, what was great was my dedication to fixing problems, right? I'm not going to be like those you know, gurus that kind of go online and say like, yeah, I used to be like a, like a terrible student in high school. And, you know, I learned nothing. I used to be a fucking you know, like a student, man. Like, you know? yeah. <laughs> I got straight A's in high school. <laughs> like it, it was, it was that. So, but the thing is, I realized like in college that there was sort of like a, I, I realized like if, if I kept doing what I was doing, somehow I was going to end up like poor. Yeah. Like I was like, I'm going to end up poor. It's not going to work out. Uh, I'm an immigrant. So like, uh, you know, I was like, I, it made sense to be for me to be in college. I went for free. So I got, you know, it was like getting paid to go there. But if I'm honest, my grades just began to drop uh, throughout. I just kind of like did maintenance in college and just mm-hmm. spent most of my time uh, when I wasn't like, you know, doing like typical college stuff. I spent most of my time in, in the library 
learning to code or on my own because I mean, even computer science classes in colleges are freaking outdated. So you can't use them for shit. Like mm -hmm. literally, you can't use them at all. So I, I spend most of my time learning to code, uh, learning to build products, uh, and you know, finding sort of the few people that could relate to that. And uh, yeah, that that's that's how I got started, pretty much. Like it was it was then is when I realized that the whole system was kind of fucked up. I I relate to that so much. And uh, this past year, I had a very similar realization. It just felt like you were staring down the barrel of a gun and you're going to do one of these corporate jobs for the next 30 or 40 years. And that's just so that you can afford like an above average lifestyle. You're not really building wealth. And Bull talks about that all the time. You're just barely treading water as your lifestyle increases and all those things. So it's really interesting that you say that you were a straight A student and a lot of gurus do say, oh, I was crappy at school. I was in a very similar position. And one of the things that I've noticed with straight A students is that they're often very risk averse. So that's why they work really hard at school. They get the corporate job because it's the safest path. Would you ever have considered yourself risk averse? And did you get over that when you started your own businesses? Yeah, so I don't know if I call myself risk averse. I, I probably was the opposite. And that's why I ended up kind of like leaving uh, that route. But I did, uh, at some point, I almost became an investment banker. <laughs> mm -hmm. so that, that, that was like initially what I wanted to do uh and that's when I'm kind of like my mind started to shift right it was not me finding like like I didn't like it in fact I got some really good internships at you know notable places and 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 the idea was like I want to become an investment banker I hate this fucking stuff like my internships I was miserable like right literally I'll be honest most of the time what I was doing the internships was, was like whenever I got my work done it was like kind of like go online and start looking at code and stuff to like keep mm -hmm. trying to build stuff and um but when I was there it, it was like it was like a prison right um but I knew that those guys made money so that was kind of like the first lesson in in sort of doing something you kind of don't like you don't you don't want to do it but it makes money right mm -hmm. and, and and even though I didn't go that route because uh the world changed right like it, it was kind of like uh where i went to school was the norm that people became investment bankers it was like Same. yeah it was like the thing right mm -hmm. so uh but i saw past that i was like nah that shit is over it, the tech side is where it's at and i went mm -hmm. to tech sales and uh like the, the friend that actually got me into tech sales he actually uh was the i remember back it was like late 2016 he's like dude you know, you got into tech sales. I think you're going to like someone. Check these guys out. And that was the Wall Street Playboys, the blog. <laughs> yeah. And um, I started reading the blog. And I, as I read it, like, I, I kept reading, like, I backtrack and started reading the old stuff, the deleted stuff, everything. And I started getting worried because uh, somewhere, like, in somewhere after college, like, right away, I did something very stupid. <laughs> like, very, very stupid. So I, I decided to quit pretty much everything because I, I I was like, all right, I'm, I could live off what I have now, like for a little bit. Let's do this. I'm going to join my friends who are starting this, mm. this, this, you know, this tech startup stuff. They have no money. They have no idea what they're doing, but somehow I'm going to quit everything and just go join. I did that. As I kept reading the blog, I realized like as the month passed and my, my bank account shrank uh, <laughs> to like very, very low levels. Mm -hmm. uh started you know going down the debt debt path and everything i realized that I, as i kept reading the blog i was like fuck i'm doing everything wrong mm. like but how can i tell these guys that i'm like leaving like i'm mm. done with them like 
but it took me a minute. And then at some point I was like, I snapped out of it. I, I can't remember exactly what uh, post they did that, that actually got me to do this, but I, I just, I just snapped out of it. And I said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to be done with this. Now at that point I was so broke. I didn't know what to do. I was like, I'm going to get a software engineering job. Maybe that can, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, you know, mm-hmm. they make a lot of money. I can code pretty well at this point. I saw this opportunity and uh, I won't exactly go into like what the, the, mm-hmm. the, the niche was, but I saw this guy selling this course in in Spanish. Right. And I knew that the topic he was covering was going to be insanely viral in the English speaking world soon. Mm. Right. I knew it. So I was like, I, I mean, at this point, I'm not necessarily proud of what I did, but I was like, I'm going to buy his course with, you know, it's like 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. I bought it on Udemy and I'm going to watch it and then do the whole thing myself and record a course too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just started making YouTube videos like around the, the evergreen topic that I knew was going to be like a thing like mm-hmm. really soon. But the only product was going to be in the English language mind. And I started just, you know, I pumped out like 10 videos and in a matter of like two weeks, because I knew it was going to happen. Uh, I started like, uh, I remember I was walking, like just trying to figure shit out. And my phone started blowing up with like, like email notifications of sales. Wow. <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, this is crazy. And, uh, you know, I, I made a decent, you know, you made some money there, but, uh, and I could have gone, that was like my, my, my second taste of like that pure Wi-Fi money. At that point, I was like still sold on the idea that I needed a job. Mm. And um, I ended up not getting a job. What it did end up getting was like a short-term contract. It was like a, like a weird W two with an agency, right? Mm. And uh, you know, I was there. It was supposed to be like three, four months. And uh, what at the end of the four months, right? I was like kind of very happy. I was like financially stable again. And I, I mean, I kept refreshing the blog. Like I would just go to the Wall Street Playboy site and just refresh it like every day to see if there's something new. <laughs> it was like I always had it, and uh. But uh, when my contract ended, uh, I got I became really good friends with the CEO of that company that, that hired me uh, through the agency. And uh, basically, he, he, he said he was leaving the agency, but he didn't want to hire me. And I was like, so, so are you firing me? You know, it's not, it's not what's going on. And uh, he's like, no, like, he's like, how much are they paying you? And I'm like, I gave him the number. And he's like, here's how much I pay them. And it was I was getting paid 40% of Boy. what they paid him or what he paid. The agency would just take 60% of the whole paycheck. And he was like, why don't you just get your own LLC and I'll just hire that LLC. And like, you know, you become your own company. And I'm like, doing what? Like just doing this, like you software engineer, just become your own company. So I did, ex- I was like, I don't know what the fucking, what am I going to do? Uh, I, it's kind of funny, but I, I actually bought a fucking Ty Lopez course. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a Ty Lopez course, uh, with a, and I, I, I was, cause I, he, he said he was going to, you know, he, in the course, he was like, build this, you know, social media marketing agency. I was like, I could probably take everything except the social media part and apply to my business. It's still an agency, I guess. I'm just, you know, offering a different service. But, you know, I, I tell people like I, it worked. That's how I went from like, literally like making $0 to like probably making clearing like over $300,000 that first year. And uh, it's, it's, you know, it's why I came into Twitter in the first place, because uh, when, when he, when they closed the site, uh, the Wall Street Playboy site, 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, I said, you know, I want to contribute to this. It's time to give something back as well. What a great story. Um, <laughs> that is so awesome. And this is this is a question that I've had for a while is that you had this valuable skill set that you were building to be a software engineer, something that you could contract out. If someone already has a skill set like that, another one I can think of is graphic design and they're yep. just starting out and they want to make some side hustle money. Would you recommend that they do something on a smaller scale to what you did and contract themselves out as a freelancer to design stuff, to code, or should they try to sell product in a similar way that you also did by making that course and selling it on YouTube? I think a lot of people want to go straight into e-com and I just wonder if you have a skill like that. Yes, it's a time for value exchange, but it's in your wheelhouse, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that you bring that up because of uh, the the Wi-Fi money, uh, the pure, I call it the pure Wi-Fi money, which is like e-commerce, detached from time, right? Or, or mm-hmm. SaaS or like a, mm-hmm. something that just runs in the background and you make money without you necessarily having to like put, uh, you know, as much time as possible in it or, or just get paid per the hour. Uh, that was, the the course was, not, was my second experience doing that. The first time I did it was uh, actually drop shipping and it was in college mm. and it was it's always it's always been there and it's always been like the 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 thing that that makes money and and let me sort of like backtrack there so in my head i wanted to build something bigger right mm-hmm. and that's why the coding and the and the building apps and all that kind of stuff was in my head it, it it's gonna sound stupid and like people are gonna laugh at this but like it's like that probably the social network like that movie it's like you want to be a billionaire back then it was like a thing like i don't know for mm-hmm. no reason right mm-hmm. but then i would just have to because things wouldn't work i would have to do things that made me money just so i can spend money on this other crap that isn't making money so it's like mm-hmm. that mentality but like the first time i drop shipped basically i just did it like based on youtube videos i probably and this was in college i probably actually moved like close to a million dollars worth of, of stuff now drop shipping margins right so i probably made 100k <laughs> right but so in was college like, that's pretty incredible yeah and that's why i was able to you know quit and stuff like that after college mm-hmm. like when i didn't like the job or, or i was like oh my friends invited me but then you know expenses and all that kind of stuff you know started eating away the money mm-hmm. but uh so that's why i went to that's why i even knew that maybe the course might work because i already knew how to market something right and it was like mm-hmm. i wasn't necessarily a marketer i just understood this you know thing on youtube that you can do to seo and youtube I didn't even, I, I, till this day, I don't even know how to do SEO properly on Google. It's not, it's never been my thing, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I just knew how to do it on YouTube pretty well. And uh, it was working back then. Uh, it, it just worked. So uh, I, that was like my second instance of pure Wi-Fi money. But to answer your initial question, they shouldn't necessarily start with uh, pure Wi-Fi money unless they have a high paying job. Because, and when I mean high pain, I don't mean like extremely high pain. If you make over a hundred thousand dollars and you can and you have a good living conditions, meaning you don't you don't live in a very expensive city, you can probably pull it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you need a, you, you definitely need a job. And if you have a good job, I would I would start there. Now the service part, what I what I learned is that that's where I got my marketing skills. Right? It was like because then I hit other problems right with my agency. Like I would I would get referrals from people. I started getting a, you know a lot of clients, but eventually referrals kind of dry out and then you're kind of paranoid about like what if i get fired by this client and then you start mm-hmm. like living this nightmare of like like not just having a job now you have like 10 jobs at once right <laughs> which uh, each client is a job right 
And uh, my fear was like, what if, what if everything ends? And then I, you know, what, how can I get new clients? I don't know how to do that. And uh, that's when I found like, uh, started dwelling, you know, I, I took some business partners at this point. And uh, one of them was like, let's, let's learn uh, this thing called cold email. He was getting ads from a dude who, who he did, who did cold emails. And uh, that's how, that's how, honestly, I, I was, I was pleasantly surprised when I joined Twitter that so many people did cold emails uh, mm. on the money Twitter side, right? Because it, it it just works for selling services. It works. Like if you can craft a, a, a cold email that is not like cringy, it's not going to like uh, kind of like, you know, the, the stuff that Bowtie sales guy teaches to, to mm-hmm. the T, right? If you can write really good cold emails, you can pretty much get anyone on the phone. And then it's just a matter of, you know, salesmanship and closing people. And uh, once I closed my first client without any referrals, I knew at that point, I was like, I'm a free man. Like, you know, I could fuck up as much as I want. And uh, and that led to so much degeneracy. But yes, I was like, I could just, (laughs) you know, I could I could fuck up as much as I want and I could just bring it back whenever I want. You know, it's like a button, a magic button I can press and make money. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I I totally think that that is a very fair assessment for people who are just starting out and I think people get sucked into the glamour of wi-fi money as you said it it runs in the background and you don't even have to think about it it's completely passive when you know if your day-to-day job isn't paying your bills that's priority number one and also e-com I I can say from my experience that getting up to a wi-fi business that you don't have to touch takes a lot longer than you probably anticipate So for someone who is going from zero to one, they have a good paying job, let's say, and -hmm. they want to start an e-com business. Where do they start? On your uh, Twitter, I think you start with, you find a product. So for instance, like the course that you found, that is probably one of the hardest things for people to to do is find a quality Mm -hmm. product. So how would you go about doing that? If you go back to like that course, um, what's interesting about it is that I, it was, I discovered something way before the product actually the product just let me see the 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 the, the big issue at hand right i mm-hmm. knew this thing was going to be viral right like i knew there was going to be demand for this really soon i'm talking about in a matter of two three weeks i knew that everyone was going to jump in on this mm. and uh and that that is kind of like the lesson that most people need to take the product is important because the product is marketing after they buy right that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's what the product is marketing after they buy the product is what determines whether they're going to buy it again, okay. you know, or, or, yeah. or keep, or keep buying from your brand before they buy your product. What, what gets you the sale is actually the pain point that you're trying to solve. And, and, and that's like been my focus on a lot of my account is like, you need to find that one belief, that one, you know, big problem that you're going to solve for, for someone. Right. Mm-hmm. And it has to be accurate because doesn't matter how much effort you put into coming up with a problem, but the problem doesn't exist, then it's, it's not going to work. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. a, I have a little dog. And if you have a dog, you know, one of the things you have to deal with is like, you know, like worms and stuff. Right. So they, they you got to deworm the dog every, every six months or so. Well, if you don't do that, you're going to have a big messy problem in your house. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of owners like dog owners that, don't know anything about deworming dogs or they, they need they, they need to do that i didn't know you had to do it for puppies because uh apparently the mom can pass like worms to the puppies mm-hmm. and then when they uh it was a gift they gave me the dog i, I obviously 
I didn't want to like take care of a dog, but somebody gave it to me as a gift. <laughs> and now I have one. And uh, as a puppy, it was like, you know, I didn't know it had worms. I, I just didn't. You just walk in one day and then there's a mess all over the place. And you're like, oh. what the fuck just happened, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you actually go on Reddit and you start, you know, Googling stuff about, you know, deworming dogs and, and whatever, you'll hear stories that are very similar. People just came through the door. And there's a mess. Most people just kind of like see it as a funny thing and say, yeah, I need to sell the wormer. Yeah, I know I need to sell the wormer, but now I have something even bigger than that. I have a story, right? Mm -hmm. I have this story that a lot of people can relate, right? Have you ever had a conversation with someone? And uh, I don't know if this, like, they, they just can almost read your mind, right? Like, uh, mm -hmm. and it's mostly because either you told them something and you forgot, or they actually just said something by coincidence and it, and it, and it just you connected to that one thing so well. And I don't know if you know what's going on, but you, you actually immediately trust that person more. Mm. Right. Because mm -hmm. they were able to go inside your brain and sort of like tap into something that you already knew or, or, or have experienced. Like there's a lot of emotion and it's already there in your brain. It actually takes not, not too much. It doesn't take a lot of work to store stuff in your brain, but then that person was able to retrieve that, right? When, when mm -hmm. that person was able to retrieve that little piece of, 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 uh, of, of emotion, you, you've actually created like the barriers that would, would probably prevent you from buying, like, who is this person? Is he a, a, you know, is he a, a figure of authority? You know, is, does the product work? Is it too expensive? All that kind of goes away. So the first thing you want is to find those angles, right? Find that one story or that one problem that is just so relatable to people, right? That when they just see that and that becomes your marketing, becomes your ads, becomes your sales pages, becomes your videos, right? Mm -hmm. It's just almost an instant trust builder, right? And then comes everything else. Like here's how the product works, the unique mechanics of the products. Here's what the results that other people have got. That, you know, you need that stuff. But the first thing is that one hook, that one belief, that, that, that pain point and that story, because you want to deliver as a story, that mm -hmm. everyone can relate to. And once you have that, honestly, you can sell, you can sell anything you want. Is there also a, a factor of competition though? So there needs to be some sort of gap because for instance, dewormer, now that I'm thinking about it, are there a lot of dewormers out there? Like, are they already doing something interesting? Is that something that I need to take into consideration or is the pain point enough and I can do something unique to mm -hmm. sell in that niche? Or do I need to be concerned about how many other players there are that are doing the same thing. You definitely need to be concerned with other players, but you should be concerned in a good way. If there are other players mm -hmm. and lots of players, it means there's a lot of money to go around, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of like a good sign is if, if there's a market and the market has a lot of players and they're all selling that one same product, then you have yourself an opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. When we sell online, you can sell products, you know, tons of people make a lot of money just selling a product, but eventually someone's going to come and copy you because mm -hmm. there's no barrier to entry, really. You know, I'll get the product unless you have a patent on the product, which most of us selling online do not, you know, right. someone's going to come in and kind of just start doing the same thing you do. And you're slowly, your ads are going to get more expensive and, and it's, you're slowly going to get priced out of the market. Mm -hmm. What we do to prevent this is, uh, or, or kind of, nothing's permanent, right? Someone's eventually going to do this. It's just going to be a smarter person who copies you at this point. But uh, it's going to be, a, we, we build offers, right? And offers are basically, they're, they're very, they're very loosely defined online, right? Everyone has like a, a, a you know, a, 
a set of a different definition. My definition is very simple. Every you have a product that solves that one big problem, right? Which is the dewormer, the dog mm-hmm. having, you know, the dirtying your whole house and you having to clean up a bunch of, you know, stuff. Uh, that's the main problem. But you also had to think of like what other problems do you know this problem creates and what other problems does my product create mm-hmm. because your own product actually creates problems um I'll, I'll tell you one another example if you have a rolex the rolex creates a huge problem which is you're gonna get robbed <laughs> you know <laughs> so you know given you know moving to kind of what we've from the dewormer, but I'll go back to that one. Maybe we can find a, we can build an offer, but perhaps the, the a good offer for a Rolex is like, you know, I'll sell your Rolex and I'll sell your replica that you actually mm-hmm. get to wear. It's an identical replica. You get to wear the replica. You keep the, the real one stored for as an investment vehicle, right? For whatever reason for later, right? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people can sell Rolexes because they can just buy and resell them. But you're now that guy who figured out how to have a Rolex and not give a fuck about getting robbed. Mm-hmm. And it's a very crude way of writing a headline, but I just kind of did, right? Like mm-hmm. imagine owning a Rolex, you know, and, and like not, not having to fear, to, you know, getting robbed. So that's like, that That just went from being a Rolex to now being the, a, 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 an offer that only we're offering, right? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the same thing with, if we go back to the dewormer, like, you know, okay, like what's going to happen? Worms are going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you might want to sell some sort of like, powder that melts the 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 worms too right mm-hmm. also the dog is gonna have to you know use the bathroom like <laughs> go go you know maybe you sell them like something to like clean up the mess that is gonna happen uh some smell related things and basically you're trying to because the dewormer is gonna create problems for the person for mm-hmm. a short period of time in six months he's gonna need it again so why don't you sign up for the subscription thing and in six months you don't have to worry about ordering again. In fact, we'll remind you. You don't have to remember again that you're, mm-hmm. so you can avoid this mess again, right? So now you're like, okay, I'm fixing all the issues that are, I'm fixing the big issue, which is my dog has worms and has diarrhea, but I'm also fixing the problems that the wormer creates, which is the worms that have come out, it's going to smell bad. I need to clean up and we put some products around that. All right. And then we also like, okay, in six months, I'm going to need it again. So we're going to put you in this description and in six months, you're going to get it and you don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It seems that you're a new owner. I have this little book that I'm going to give you for free or, you know, put $10. And this book is going to teach you actually how to train your dog, mm. how to train your dog. Right. And it's like, you see, I'm fixing problems that are, that are, that are either created by my product or problems that, that proceed after my, my product. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that goes from just turning. Now I'm just, I'm not the dewormer guy. I'm like, I'm the guy who knows his shit about deworming. Like it's like the best right. offer out there. Right. And the dewormer might cost 14 bucks, but everything I'm selling you total might cost you 200. You see? Yeah. And it might be, it might the marginally producing everything else is actually not, not even that much. So that's like how, how you really make it. Because if you charge, let's say $14 for a product online, I'm sorry to tell you it costs on average, it takes $50 to get a sale on most advertising platforms. Yeah. So you're on the water by $35, right? Yeah. So your goal is to increase the average order value, or that is basically how much they buy up front, right? So that you can cover your ad costs and then make mm-hmm. some profit. And then ultimately you want to increase your lifetime value, which is how, you know, that comes after 
that's why scammers re- usually don't make it because right. they all they care about is acquiring people, but they can't get a repeat buyer. They can't get people to buy more of their stuff. So, you know, it's not a game that no one wants to play. And to be honest, like, I don't know how people do that. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like a short term thinking. Yeah. This is more of a technical question, but you just spoke about like $50 to acquire a customer on ads. As you said, you want to increase the lifetime value of your customer. If that same customer comes back, does that $50 like get triggered again? Or you could pay $50 no. one time and you get that lifetime customer. Basically at that point, uh, the customer goes into your ecosystem. So the per- the customers already, you have their, their address, you have their phone number mm-hmm. and you have their email. So now most of the time you're going to use those mediums to contact them. So you're going to send right. direct mail. Uh, you're going to send emails. Uh, you likely add them to a newsletter um, and they'll be reminded of stuff from the, from something and basically sending an email is free. So it doesn't cost you much anymore. Right. It's just getting that initial sale. And uh, uh, essentially if you have a lifetime value of let's say 400, 500, let's say $500, right. And it costs you $50 to acquire a customer. Mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, you should go crazy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just go crazy. Cause that you're going to make your money back. It's, and it's, it's mad. People often think it's like, yeah, but like, how can you predict that? It's you're dealing with humans. It's, it gets interesting because it gets pretty accurate to the point where like some people forget they're dealing with people mm-hmm. on the other side. It's like, I've been to conferences where everyone just spoke about that, getting that like 0.5, 1% conversion rate. And uh, it takes, it's good because that, you know, that they're making money and stuff, but it takes away the humanity, the humanity of like what you're doing. And there's more money. There's the, the guys who really are making money to just understand their market really well, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I've never thought about it as what other problems does your product create? I have always thought about it as what does the customer need in addition to this? Like what else would they be buying this customer profile. That's how I've always heard it. But the idea that you are actually making problems, I think is really an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. And um, the best time to sell them more stuff too, which is like a big problem I've seen. Um, like uh, Twitter, I love Twitter, but uh, like in terms of marketers there, like compared to like guys on Facebook, like there's like a, a, a league of marketers on Facebook that they're on Facebook groups and stuff. Twitter's like baby marketing, basically compare. And I noticed a lot mm-hmm. of the people there would try to sell one thing and then get scared and be like, oh, I'm going to sell them later or something else because I, I you know, I don't want to overwhelm them with buying too many stuff. The best time for someone to buy is when they bought something from you. <laughs> <laughs> like if, if you buy something, I will, I will present to you like a bunch of other products for you to buy right, right there. Right. Because you already use your credit card, you have it out. And Time after time, I've tested it. The best time for someone to buy is right then and there. So, mm-hmm. you know, most of your money is going to come right there. The rest is going to come from basically the quality of your product and the quality of your services, which is now going beyond marketing and going into like, like customer service and whatnot, right? right? But right. you got to sell like, and you got to be very aggressive when you sell because there's a lot of players out there who are going to be far more aggressive than you with shittier products. <laughs> right. Right. You know? And and if you don't if you don't step up, you know, your game and just start like going after the same tactics they use, timers, everything they use you use. Just deliver the better product. Yeah. Or else they're going to win. 
is your strategy so let's say that you have already selected this dewormer product and the suite of other products that would go with it do you use the same traffic strategy for every product or do you tailor it depending on your mm. target demographic so dewormer i would think it's you know millennials older people that have dogs i don't think it's gen zers so are you going to make mm -hmm. tiktoks probably not right so how do you make that decision definitely the age of the platform matters uh there's different like people but for the most part i've noticed like right now as we speak there's a you could use probably any platform mm -hmm. uh there's enough you know gen xers and millennials and boomers on tiktok already okay. so in so instagram too uh Facebook is definitely the best one, particularly with ads for this. On uh, YouTube is fantastic with ads as well, which mm -hmm. is just Google. Uh, but uh, I don't necessarily look at that. Like traffic is the easiest part of the whole thing. Uh, it sounds crazy, but it really is because you can pay for traffic, right? Mm -hmm. Or you can negotiate with someone that has traffic and get their traffic in exchange for some some money. You give them some money after the sale or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh but the hardest part is making that offer that we spoke about and then kind of just writing the copy on the site like the messaging on the site because uh that's really what's going to make get you the sale when it comes to traffic there's so much traffic out there like there's the traditional stuff but look you can go to a one of the things i i like to do is like I go to similar web. If I see a site and I, and I go to similar web and I see who's referring to that site, like it gives you like the number of referrals. Mm -hmm. You can just see the blogs that actually are referring to this site. I create a list of all those blogs and then I email the owners and I ask them like, Hey, do you sell ads? Boom. I just went ahead and stole like my competitors, like strategy. Mm. There's plenty of traffic out there. Like it's, it's more than what people think. Uh, so it's, it's a matter of like just making sure that when you have the traffic now, because you can have all the traffic in the world. And I've seen it with, I've hired influencers for some of my brands mm -hmm. with, they have 5 million, 6 million followers across like YouTube or, or, or Instagram or TikTok. I used to think it was TikTok. And I used to blame TikTok actually. And I hated TikTok. I was like, it's a shitty network. People don't buy there, but I was completely wrong. It's the influencer actually. Mm. Uh, yeah, it depends on the influencer that you hired so or partner with, right? So I had one with like 5 million like followers and I had another one with 10 million followers on YouTube who couldn't like couldn't move like 200 units. The one wow. with 10 million followers on YouTube. I was like, that is impossible. Like, how can you have 10 million followers? And it's they were real. They were real followers. It's, it's like, a, and uh. I was like, damn, you, you, you're an influencer, but you have zero influence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and it, it makes me, you know, it makes me think that like, you really have to be careful because traffic is not everything. You know, I got tons of people visiting the site, but no one bought. Maybe the offer wasn't congruent. Maybe it was my fault with the offer. Right. We got to take some responsibility too, but, uh, others have sold pretty well in the same market. So it depends, you know, the, the quality of who's viewing your stuff is more important than how many. Yeah, that makes a, a ton of sense. Um, 
Speaking of influencers, though I would never call myself as such, I have a very, very tiny little following now, and I'm not making any money, Wi-Fi guy, and it, it's kind of a drag, I'm not going to lie, so <laughs> I, I haven't really offered any products, so it's kind of difficult to make money without a product, but mm-hmm. how, so my audience, they like to be entertained, that's why they're here, they like to listen to me talk sometimes and watch my YouTube videos, but I don't solve any problems for them, so... Mm. Can you monetize an audience that's there for entertainment? Is there any way to do yeah. that? I mean, think about it like this. Uh, I noticed like uh, your your content is, tends to be a little bit on the on the right wing side, right? Uh huh. And um, it's uh, I would say it's like a, it's like adjacent to the manosphere in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like adjacent to the manosphere, mm-hmm. like pretty close. There's a there's a podcast that uh, it's pretty entertaining. Uh, honestly a little bit brain dead but entertaining uh <laughs> i wouldn't call the guys who make it brain dead like they're smart and they know what they're doing but the fresh and fit podcast right i've seen so many don't worry <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's entertaining but it's like it's so like i don't know it's like maybe the whole miami thing but like uh <laughs> but they know what they're doing uh i want you to like look at their description and you can just go to any other podcast and you're gonna see a bunch of stuff they sell actually they have mm-hmm. a ton of offers they have uh, because you have to understand people who watch your content, right? They're definitely sick of something, Yeah, <laughs> you know, they want, they want something to change. Uh, so it could be perhaps something along the lines of like, you know, what they do, like kind of like more, more self-improvement works really well yeah. in that market. Um, also, uh, if you have a very conservative audience watching you, uh, there's some products that really do sell well as an affiliate, uh, kind of like affiliate marketing stuff, like golfing's good. Uh, yeah. Ever since we have more money, uh, then there's also like fishing and hunting. Those things mm-hmm. do really well. Mm-hmm. But also, like I noticed that you're you're very good with like, you know, Excel and maths and and, and mm-hmm. charts and people. Likely, you have a pretty decent amount of people that are there to watch you do those things so you probably can create an info product how you do those things right how you actually make those charts how you do that uh mm-hmm. how to start a channel like yours honestly mm-hmm. um people might have other people there's a lot of people that have a lot of information but they don't know how to like do stuff like even what, what comes simple to you like making the videos and making the charts and making you know how, how to make it entertaining for people to watch some people have the information, but they cannot do that. None mm-hmm. of that, everything that comes easy to you might be actually very difficult to them. And that's always an opportunity. Now, the job is which one of all of those opportunities is the real one, right? Which one is the, the one that's going to go, going back to my, my thing again, read, like go into their brain and be like, wow, it's like she's reading my mind, right? Mm-hmm. I really need this. That you need to find out. And there's two ways to find out. You can ask them uh like talk to you know a good sample that is statistically significant but most people lie uh they won't necessarily tell you like like exactly what they feel or what they want particularly when it's like sensitive so serve even surveys are very bad for that Mm. the best kind of way is to also uh pre-sell them Mm -hmm. like pre-sell them on something that you're going to do that test those different uh niches or let's say we go with a with the Excel, you know, how to make a kind of like your type of YouTube channel or something more related to the manosphere from a woman's perspective. A mm-hmm. lot of men wants to know, want to know 
you know what the woman's perspective is right a lot of people it's actually it's actually a very insane market it's, it, people think only fans is working because of the 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 whole pornographic sort of like aspect of it right mm -hmm. but it's really not it's just that men want a perspective from a woman that will make them better but they don't know how to go about it right mm. that's really what it is and uh because as much as they there's already a lot of men who would tell them what to do but there's still that itch in their heads which is like it's what i'm doing adequate right mm -hmm. and the only way for them to understand that is if it comes from the mouth of a woman right <laughs> because that's yeah. what that's what their end goal is so there's like those different topics that you might want to create sub products that are very simple maybe even like do uh like uh the best kind of products that you can do is like maybe like a live coaching session or like a live sort of like zoom thing and um in that live zoom uh call that you do with the people you record it right mm -hmm. because If that was a success, that recording itself is now an info product and you can yeah. use it to make a book, to make a better course, to host a better session. But that's like the kind of thing you want to find that minimum uh, way of delivering the product that is easy to do and is very fast to do. You usually recording videos or doing live calls is the fastest. And then you're going to you want to position different things. Someone's someone's going to flop, right? Like it's it just happens, right? Not everything is going to be ideal for them. But you're going to find that one thing your audience is really clicking and you're going to begin to understand them better. And once you understand them better, you just go super hard on that one topic and you, mm -hmm. you'll make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's phenomenal advice. Probably the best advice I've gotten. Um, I really like the idea of teaching people how to make entertaining videos using stats and Excel, something that isn't normally entertaining because people who are good at it in a variety of different niches, whether it's financial modeling, whether it's just data analysis or doing any of those things to make it interesting, because a lot of the people who are good at data analysis may not be good at the creative, the funny part. Mm -hmm. So that is very compelling to me, to be honest. The stuff about the manosphere, I have definitely considered it. And I, I have watched a lot of fresh and fit videos and a lot of Pearl in the pregame. And there's, there's girls that are doing this. I just, you know, making videos about that subject over and over again would kind of kill my soul, but I probably just need to do it. But I think those are three or four amazing ideas for me. Yeah. The yeah. soul part is like, you, you just always like, think about it. There's always a price for it. Yeah, totally <laughs> true. You sure right. <laughs> but, uh, but it's, a, it's, it, I noticed that women in the manosphere is, it's like such a, like a potent niche right now. It's like, and not many people are leveraging it. Yeah. And uh I'm I'm kind of biased. I want more women to go there too because it, it means they can you know they, we can change a little bit of the narrative of like where society's going. Mm -hmm. Uh and honestly if we have like a bunch of quote unquote like, there's a lot of it like actual the whole incel thing is actually very true. There's a lot of incels and in, in, like yeah. those yeah. The, those manosphere stuff like it's 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 the real deal. Like they're they're actual dorks there who 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 really think <laughs> you know that the problem is like 100% of the women But also, like, if we get more women to, if we get more women to align with these values, I know just by, the, you know, female nature, more women are also going to follow. Like, not all women lead, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, some do, many do, but the majority are going to go to those women leaders that are now promoting the right path, right? Because some of them might be like, wait, this feminism shit didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. I just did it because, you know, I don't want to freaking be ostracized and I want to be part of a society. 
you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but really? as more, yeah. And it really is that thing. And, uh, but I think the majority of the female manosphere buyers and, 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 and consumers of that, of whatever they have, it's going to be men. Right. Uh, but there's going to be some women that are going to be consuming the free stuff and that changes society as a whole too. Mm-hmm. I think that a unique angle that I could bring to it is that currently a lot of this stuff coming from women in the manosphere is to just say that, yeah, women do suck. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with Pearl. I just made a video yeah. on she was the star and like, she's hilarious. She just says things very bluntly, but it doesn't come from the angle of like, actually what you're doing is disruptive or bad for you as a woman like what would actually be best for you is if you did it this way it's just to kind of say wow women are idiots or like wow women are yeah that's like a fair critique and it's funny and it definitely um her very male audience enjoys that especially if they're an incel but i think it's more compelling for women you said that was that was key for you by the way there when you recognize that they enjoy it and they because it's validated it's what they're doing exactly. is validating their thoughts, right? It's, it's going mm-hmm. into their brain, doing that programming thing and saying, look, she's, she's reading what I, what's in my head, right? Yeah. Yeah. And what they experience day to day. And like, finally, someone's talking about it. And I want, you know, my mother would never do something like that. Like I want a traditional woman and she, she does that. But in terms of mm-hmm. changing the minds of young women, I don't think it's her. I think it's no. someone saying, you know, actually what's best for you and what has been best for you historically throughout all of human civilization is to do the exact opposite of what they're telling you and this is why they're telling you it that is an offer to women but the audience for men in the manosphere is much bigger and much more passionate i made a video about like how big is your dating pool and i did the analysis of the (laughs) circumferences of the waist my best video and so much engagement so many likes like oh my god you're gonna blow up and it was men in the manosphere, like they're so passionate <laughs> to say the least about seeing things that are kind of demeaning to women. Um, yeah. But fair, you know, they, they, they just do it. They just do it the wrong way. Um, yeah. Maybe I, I've been like around pickup artists too many times to like understand like how, how really, how really the stuff works. Um, like, uh, like real pickup artists, like people that actually do this almost for a living teach others. Right. Mm-hmm. and um it, it's it, they're a lot of it they're going out they're going at it the wrong way like i get i get that you know the the underlying message is like work on yourself you know right. uh, like work on yourself uh you know do do your thing right but uh and and but also like there's a there's a certain degree of effort right like uh they still gotta like it's almost like uh, what i've noticed with a lot of these people is that uh they almost they're very uh feminine Mm. Like, like the, the manosphere guys they're very feminine True. yeah like uh like uh they uh it's almost like they want to be alpha males that women come to them i'm like that's not gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> like that's not gonna happen like <laughs> it's like i i go to the gym with a couple of guys that uh, uh my friend uh actually was like you got to train my brothers they're like doing nothing they're skinny and doing nothing with their lives i'm getting them into like e-commerce they're, they're they changed a lot but i work out with them and and i'm like and uh, they're, they're always like at the gym going crazy. There's a lot of you know, pretty girls and whatnot. And I'm like, dude, like go, if you're going to do something, go just go, go, go talk to someone. Like literally that's all you got to do. And he's like, no, I don't, I don't know. Like, like I just got to, then their heads, like, I just got to build a little bit more muscle. I'm like, dude, I, I, I looked around. I was like, I'm probably the second biggest person here. 
Like, <laughs> and I still got to put up the work. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work right. like that. Right. Like it, life doesn't work like that. Like you're still going to have to do the work. Like no one, no, no customer's going to buy from you. Like just because you, you know, <laughs> because your, your, your product is the best, right? You got to still sell, right? It's still, mm -hmm. you got to still sell. And you know, if, if 10 out of hundred times you do it works, man, you're a killer. Like, yeah. that that's the way that's the way you should be looking at, at life like like that but they have this feminine nature to them where like they're like oh i just want them to come to me because if they don't they're they're sluts or whatever i'm like yeah nah. like you gotta chill <laughs> yeah or they think that if they like cut their beard a different way or buy better clothes that women will start like flocking to yeah. them and the quality women that you're after, they don't flock to really anybody. Like there's this idea of like the top 1% man and like girls are going after them in nightclubs, like maybe, but like, <laughs> I don't know any girls that are my friends that walk up to someone in a bar and say, Hey, how's it going? Like every time the man approaches. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, it's, it's a thing of a, what, since we got into the topic, what I've noticed that kind of like, it's the weirdest thing, but like get, gives you the most success is uh like if, if someone if you're gonna have a wingman for mm. to go out women are actually way better at that being wingmen than than actual than actual mm -hmm. men um fact of the matter is like uh most of my like in that space of the, the the biggest success rate i've ever had was one girl talking about me great stuff like she just organically started talking great stuff about me like my all my like stuff that i don't actually talk like my business and all that stuff she mm -hmm. just put it out there in this event uh kind of like spoke what people say behind your back is kind of like you know kind of like what what does the action here and right. she spoke really great to other people just because she that's her personality and she kind of spilled the beans and said a bunch of stuff of everything i do and um the next thing you know i have like 10 women trying to talk to me <laughs> like like in the spot and I, I was like holy crap what's going on and i was like someone did something and uh <laughs> I go talk to her. I was like, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, I want to replicate. <laughs> yeah. I was like, and she's just apparently like, but so it's like a it's social proof. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, sometimes clothing can help. Sometimes like your haircut, you know, you want to, you want to look apart, I guess you, you want to, you don't want to look like a bum. Uh, but, uh, I think that, you know, persistence, not persistence, you know, into like what, what you want to get, like, being able to have good salesmanship, right? Like not yeah. be, just be able to communicate, be able to face rejection, which is honestly in all endeavors of life, you want to, you're going to face a lot of rejection mm -hmm. and get used to it. Mm -hmm. And then just, just be so good at what you do that like you build social proof, whether yeah. it's in business or in dating, right? Be so memorable that people actually remember, like, like be eccentric, you know, <laughs> by yeah. nature. Yeah. And I'm an introvert by, by or, or I used to be, that's the thing that most people think that you have, you're stuck in these like things, like being introverted or extroverted. I'm way more extroverted than I used to be as a kid. Like, uh, I would consider myself an extrovert now, which mm -hmm. is, uh, like I enjoy being around people, which I didn't, you know, so you can change. That's another thing. Mm -hmm. Like don't necessarily adjust to a personality. doesn't help you. If it's not, if you, if, you, if your personality sucks, you suck, man. You got to change. <laughs> 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 like, like don't stay there. <laughs> I think um, that's a very fair point and I totally agree with it. And there may be people that are stuck, not only mm -hmm. in their personality, but just stuck in their life, stuck in their job and they don't know what to do. What would be like your first recommendation to them? Is it to get your health right? Is it to go to the gym first? 
Is it to get the next best job? What What would you tell them to do first? So it's kind of like a find whatever you're missing mm -hmm. and then find the smallest thing you can do, right? And that, and that piece that you're missing, right? If it's, if your health is not right, right? Mm -hmm. The smallest thing you can possibly do is get a gym membership mm -hmm. and make scale to weigh your food, right? Yep. And that's, that's like a, it, it might not seem big at the moment, right? You're still not going to the gym. You still don't have the workout plan. But the fact you took action and you voted with your wallet, which is, you know, money's just effort in paper form, right? Because you've yep. traded effort yep. to get a paper. So that counts as effort, as energy to me. So the moment you spend energy to do something and you got to complete it, that leads to the next thing on your list. Like, what is the next smaller thing I can do? And then just keep those stacking those small things, right? And then be yeah. consistent with those small things. And you'll be surprised, uh, you know, in a few years or a few months, depending on how fast you go, you will be unrecognizable from your own self. Like when you, when you see it and it's just about doing those small things, but doing a lot of them. Yeah. Don't like go after like something big, right? Just don't go fucking crazy. Yeah. I think, especially with the the ecom Wi-Fi money business, people are going to listen to this conversation and they're going to go home and they're going to stay up all night building their first website. And then they're not going to get the traffic potentially. And they'll get a little bit discouraged and maybe they never do it again. That's probably not the best way to do this. But <laughs> you want to like take an hour of your first day and say, okay, what is my next step here? And an hour the next day and an hour the mm -hmm. day after that. And then it's two hours. And then it's, you're doing more, if you're building it into your routine that you are putting this time towards something that's benefiting you. Uh, in terms of doing the small things to change your life, I totally agree with that. A couple of years ago, I want to just change my diet. So I'm a big believer in small things, but going cold turkey. So like mm -hmm. I just started drinking water and that now the only thing four years later that I drink is water and coffee basically. But mm -hmm. that, that was the first thing I changed. Then it was no bread for breakfast. You know, now it's just protein and eggs. That's my life now. Like, and it didn't feel like I was making a huge change to my life at any one point, but now my life is very different than when I was 17 and eating bagels and pasta and whatever. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's the easiest way to do it. You break it up into those chunks and you, and you win or you conquer that one chunk and then you move to the next. Yeah. And, um, honestly, uh, as well, what, what you realize is that, uh, I, I'm, and I often tell them, tell people this, it's kind of funny. And, uh, uh, close friends of mine that I actually still have laugh every time, every time like this happens. But I've uh, I'm unrecognizable to most people I went to college with. Hmm. Um, like I just don't look the same. I, I don't sound the same. Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't behave the same. It's like a like I've been next to people and they're like, "Who are you?" And I, I would tell them like who I am. And I, mind you, I, I'm not that old. You know, like I'm still <laughs> not even I'm not even in my thirties. Yeah. So like uh, <laughs> I'm still in my twenties. So like I college wasn't that long ago and people don't recognize me. And it was because of uh. I took those like I took those small steps, right? And over time they compounded to such mm -hmm. a degree. Like in a matter of two years, they two, three years, they just compounded and you know, you just become a new person. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, you will lose a lot of people because you're not the same person anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh it, it's true. You know, you gotta be you gotta you gotta be able to put up with that. Not everyone's gonna be in your life all the time, but everyone should be in your life. 
which is like the number one thing when you're starting a business or anything you want to change. It's like, you got to look around and it's like, who's holding me back? Mm. Because if, if the, someone is not taking you forward, so it's cliche, I know, but if someone is really not taking you forward, it, it sounds easy, but not, it's, there's also investment in relationships, right? Friends that you've mm. known all your life. You know, everything is energy. So if you put a lot of energy, you know, if you put 10, 15 years of friendship, right? But that person is no longer, or you realize that person is no longer uh, someone who is going to benefit you long-term. You mm -hmm. have 15 years of energy put into this person that you have to fight, right? In 15 mm -hmm. years, a lot of compounding because you're always compounding. Just reminders of that. You're always compounding. You're either going down or going up. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You're always like everything is exponentially happening to you at all times. You just got to make sure that, you know, you're trending upward. Yeah. And this is kind of a, a brutal statement, but I don't think you can be really good friends to a lot of people all at once. Like, and I think you kind of need to make those decisions about who you're going to really invest in. And it can't be everyone that you've ever met. <laughs> so exactly. You have to prioritize them, especially if you're dating someone like that takes away a lot of friend time because you're prioritizing yep. that person the most. Um, and if they're not adding to your life, then it's just not really worth it. So like I, on, mm -hmm. I can count like my really good friends on my fingers. I got like three or four from high school, three or four from college, and I, I'm good. Like I'm mm -hmm. going to be nice to people that I meet, but I'm not trying to make a new best friend right now. Yeah. And they shrink. You'd be surprised. Like, yeah. People I thought were like gonna be my friends, you know, forever. They they just, they, you know, things fade away, mm -hmm. and you you change. Like it, it's a, and this is like a a bolt tight um topic. But even the chemicals in your body, right? Like, like supplements you take, or if you're on gear or whatever, right? Like whatever you do, it can change you in terms of like like becoming a new person. Like yeah, and when that happens, if you don't click or from with that person just sorry, you're, you're talking to someone else. Yeah. It happens. It's very common. And I think especially for young men, maybe not so much for young women, your group of friends really affects how you spend your time. And a lot mm. of the hobbies of young men is playing video games or it's going to the bars. And it's really hard to, to pull yourself away from that. If your best friends are doing that every weekend and you're the weirdo that now wants to like, start making stuff on the internet it's yeah, really that, hard that was me <laughs> yeah yeah it's like uh i never really I, I guess like the whole autism joke is like kind of funny because i never really clicked with a lot of stuff that my friends were doing like i would i would i would tolerate it right i had mm -hmm. tolerance for a lot of the stuff my friends like watching shows like maybe because i'm foreign too like like they would watch stuff like reruns of like friends and stuff and i'm like these guys are losers like the, the, the show. Like, what is this? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, why are these American shows about not doing anything? Like literally they just, people watch this stuff. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I actually, when I used to be a kid talking about that video game stuff, I, I used to buy consoles, but I hated playing video games. The only reason why I would buy consoles is because of, uh, it would attract friends, mm. like a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, I would like, once there, I would like be able to like have a lot of friends to go outside and play, like play sports or whatever. So <laughs> it's like, lured a, them in. <laughs> I would lure them in with like with video games, like that I wouldn't play, like they would play my video games. I really, I, I never, you know, 
I probably played one video game in my life, which was like like an MMO RPG that that probably just got addicted to it because it resembled entrepreneurship in a way. You mm-hmm. know, you're you're building stuff, right? And like like leveling up, but for the most part, I think life is your video game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. you gotta make it the best you can. <laughs> yeah. A yeah. lot of people spend their free time trying to escape their life rather than building a better one. I totally agree yeah. with that. And um, once you make the autism switch, I've said this before, like I cannot go back. I don't want to watch reruns of Friends. Like I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like honestly, it's like you realize that everyone is like a lot of people are in a trance. They're sadly in a trance of like uh, I don't know if it's on purpose. If there's a system feeding it into them, I think so. I, I actually think so, but maybe there's not. I could be wrong. But uh, there's definitely something that is putting people like leading them to like the worst possible outcomes mm. like you're gonna get fat and you know being fat is fine uh you can be ugly too like come on no like, <laughs> like they're no seriously like, it's like it's a real thing it's like uh you can go to the gym you know get aesthetic as possible and, you, and like maybe get some plastic surgery and like being like fix yourself like <laughs> whatever you do <laughs> like if you look better better things will happen to you. Like, it's just, it's just what happens, right? Like the better you look, the better you, you, you there's, there's stats on this. There's more opportunity for you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> thousand percent. Yeah. There's more opportunities for you. And there's just so many things that are leading people the wrong way. Like, uh, like how you handle your feelings or how you like, uh, it, it, it's interesting. It's like, uh, it's like, they want people to be depressed. Like I, I actually went to a coffee shop and uh, I started a conversation with the barista there. And he tells me like that he gets depressed in the summer. Summertime makes him depressed. I'm like, okay. what? <laughs> what? And like, and I'm, you know, I don't want to criticize anyone, but you look at these guys and it's like, they're very low on the masculinity spectrum, like really, really low. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell that their dating life is not fantastic. You know, it's not like, Cause there's like the hipster liberal guys that, that get older women too. Don't get it twisted. There's a, there's a hierarchy to those guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is, there is the hipster guy that gets the, there's the alpha hipster. They exist. And I actually kind of like, uh, I like those guys. They're, they're cool. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but the vast majority of them are still, you know, not getting anything. And, and like, uh, it, it's, it's just sad to see it. Cause uh, I don't think society kind of just ran like that. Even if it was a psyop back in the 80s or 70s or whatever, people at least had it better. <laughs> it was yeah. a better psyop than now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it, it seems to have happened so suddenly, like this, yeah. this pressure or acceptance of things that are ugly and things that are not ideal. And it's okay. Like, it's okay. Just do what you want, man. Like, enjoy yourself. You only have one life. Maybe it's like a move away from God and people don't think they're going anywhere after they die. So they might as well milk it while they're here. But in the long run, what a, what a sad and empty existence, honestly, like to be, you feel horrible all the time. If you're grossly overweight, you do not feel good. I don't care what you say. Like that, that does not feel good. And the idea that it's beautiful, like, okay, I got a lot of crap (laughs) in my last video for that one, but the, the thing is like i've been both a fat man yeah and i and a very 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 fit man and m- multiple times in my life mostly it's the same thing i, I and you got to be careful with the the same relationship you you can have with money can happen with fitness too 
mm-hmm. which is like a once you know you can be fit again because I, I used to I used to play sports I can get myself fit like I I know exactly what to do I know how much I need to eat what I need to eat how mm-hmm. long I need to do it and, how, and so because of that I, I in the past what I've done is like ever since I sometimes I hit a point of degeneracy and I'm, boom I'm I'm fat again or like you yeah know, more overweight than I want to be but it's because I know in the back of my head I can do it again the same thing can happen with money right and you got to be careful of not to break your habits and have very high standards for yourself. Because once you know you can make money on demand, whether it's through you know the, you know pure Wi-Fi money like an e-commerce or a SaaS, or you can just you know create a service and make money on the spot. What what's happened with a lot of marketers in the past is that they die poor because of that. Yeah, you know, very rich, very very rich marketers that you know made millions. Gary Halbert being one of them, you know, would die poor because they just their ability to just come back is so effective that they don't build good habits. Yeah. It's like the far end of the spectrum away from yep. where most people are. Most people are too scared to even try. And so they they live so like cl- tight, clenched up, super tight, don't spend any money. And they never try to go out on their own. But that's like the very far end of the spectrum. You want both and then you want um, <laughs> a, a simple lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like a, and and I, I, I get it. Like, a, you know, people, people often like say like, uh, cause I, I started an Instagram for this account and, uh, one of the things that I, I do is like I post sometimes images with Lamborghinis and uh, mm-hmm. like just to, to get people's attention to stop and it, people read it. And those are the highest rated ones. And it, it's like uh, it, it opens this whole Pandora's box of like why flex or why show those things or why even like like why are people attracted to those things? And it's just like, well, it's it, it's really it really is what a lot of for particular for a lot of men, it's really going to be the fuel that gets them started. Mm-hmm. like not everyone who like gets motivated by the lambos in the cars are a bunch of you know loser dorks you know they're they're, they're not you know they might not be the, the the brightest guys yet but like i've seen some of those guys get motivated by that and like right. actually go and make money do they end up getting the lamborghini sometimes no most of the time they're like eh, stupid now but like yeah at least they they, they got them started right which yeah. is like uh it's one of the things I, I i do agree with like you know what ty lopez did ty lopez say you know, people might say whatever they want about him or in Grant Cardone as well. Mm-hmm. But those guys, like, uh, you know, a lot of people, including myself, um, were motivated by a lot of people. The Wall Street Playboys themselves, you know, th- it was just words on the screen. And I was able to, like, get motivated and then, like, actually take action, which is the next step, right? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> motivation can be deceiving too. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting with Bowtie Wall Street Playboys is that people go there originally to make money investing. So, like... Mm-hmm the lazier part. And like, that's how I found them is I wanted to invest in Bitcoin. Like I was interested in it. I understood it from like a monetary perspective and I wanted to read about, you know, what an investment person thought of it. And I have my thousand dollars in the bank account and I want to invest because I'm, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm thinking ahead, I'm being proactive. And then the second article I read is how you're broke. And Mm -hmm. if you don't start a business, you're going to die broke. And it was like so brutal. And it's it's funny that that's how people find them is they want investment advice. And then it's just about, here's how you're going to completely change your life. Like what a fateful decision to buy that subscription. It's just very yeah. interesting. <laughs> the, the way I found them was uh, when when, uh, when my friend uh, gave me like the, the URL, he was like, you're going to like these guys. Um, it was mostly at that time, they already had kind of gone away a little bit from Wall Street stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was mostly like they were talking about e-commerce and um, still talking about women too. Like uh, yeah. they used to they used to do that a lot. 
Uh, I don't know if you've ever read. Like they used to mm-hmm. do a lot. They're honestly, they are probably among the first to give birth to the to the to the manosphere. Yeah. Slot, like money Twitter. I think they 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 created money Twitter in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like something not many people know. Like you know, money Twitter's like seems like its own thing. I'm like, no, he's still it as well. You know, he created it. Yeah, <laughs> ten years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, um. So there's a lot of people. You know, that respect them, and uh, it's kind of like a the same way. Like a lot of these, you know, some gurus are. Hey, there's a lot of them that are full of shit. And honestly, I, as a person who knows some of them, uh, met some of them, and know people that know them pretty well, some of, some of the gurus you see out there. You don't want to, they're not, they don't have the life you want to emulate. Like they're miserable a lot of times. Yeah. Like, like terrible shit. But like, there's some that like live a good life. Ty Lopez being one of them. He lives a good life, a uh, good balanced life. Uh, It's real, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's real. Like the, the way he lives, right? And that's good. Uh, Because I think that's, that's what a lot of people aim to have money working for you. So that then you can do all those things that, you know, like whatever you want to do is it Brazilian jiu-jitsu lift weights right. you know travel right and that's the ultimate goal right but there's also like fulfillment in the in the thing itself right I love and I at first I did it for money and I still do it for money but then there's now this this extra thing that is like I do it because creating something is fun mm-hmm. as well, you know mm-hmm. and that's I, that, that becomes absolutely. part of the equation later later on Absolutely. Um, I remember looking on Twitter, some of that money Twitter account, and they posted their schedule. And every single hour was blocked with some some different color, some different meetings. This is <laughs> they have the 45 minutes to go work out. And I'm like, that's not what I'm aspiring to do. Well, that's Leila Hormozy. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, that's, I bet Bowtie Bull's <laughs> schedule is completely open. He could go surfing if he wanted to. Like, that's, that's what you're aspiring to do. I want to own my own time. And then if I have the time, I can spend it making more money. But I don't want someone else to be telling me what to do. And just that, that schedule was horrifying to me. So I think that's, it's a very different, there's two routes you could go. And that's the, what you started with, with building an app and getting capital. Like, that's what your life would look like if you did it that way. Yeah, pretty much. Tom, like, you're open. Yeah, it, it, if I would have gone the other route, I would have been like a slave to VCs, basically. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like and another like, I'm job. a founder, I'm an entrepreneur, but you're on the rope of these guys. Yeah, you don't want to be there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's ways to monetize them without necessarily doing that, but that's like, uh, I would just go with like, uh, you can do e-commerce or you can build a, a little software company that doesn't require you to... Uh, Cause you can build, you know, you can build a software company like a SaaS for under five thousand dollars most of the time if you're if you're hiring the right people. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a, it's not like something crazy. If you have a good market and you know what you're doing, um, then you could start a service, software as a service. And there's many people on, on Twitter that you know talk about that, like SaaSwiz, uh, yeah, SaaS Capital, right? These guys have built SaaS, and uh, you know they're 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 not necessarily in the e-commerce side, but they're on that other side, which also works. I think e-commerce is just easier because consumers, honestly, the consumers are less sophisticated, right? Than like, than like a SaaS user. Yeah. Now that comes with drawbacks, right? SaaS people may have better retention, better lifetime value, uh, depending on how the SaaS is built. But for the most part, they do. E-commerce, you know, it's more painful of a problem. It's like day to day, you deal with a lot of normies, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you also, you also can get a higher volume 
and um you know a, a lot of money up front which is like a it, it's just part of that that what fits you even though i'm a software engineer and i know how to code and i've been in tech sales and i've done all that i went the e-commerce route so it's like it just depends what, what right. you want to do right most important thing is that you start <laughs> yeah some start something at some yeah. point start something and uh i would say like if you have to learn a skill uh that like you freelance on the side even if you don't make a lot of money let that be direct response copywriting like if you can mm -hmm. learn direct response copywriting and get a few gigs like even if they don't pay well like like you can say like here i'll i'll sell i'll give you a hundred dollars for an email for like to like a brand they'll fucking take 10 emails from you right and all you want to see and the only reason why you're freelancing is because you don't have the traffic so now you want to see if what you're writing is getting that other person's sales if you're getting a lot of sales for them which is how a lot of the stuff that i discovered you know i would see like oh this thing is selling i might as well get in this right and mm -hmm. it's just a matter of if, if you can do that uh early on that's something anyone can do you can do it on your job you know it doesn't take that much time uh i actually i want to plug or anything but like there's like a, i do have a free literally a free course on my <laughs> on like yep. email marketing which i think email marketing is the easiest to learn because companies e-commerce companies are already sitting on a ton of emails and um if you can and also it doesn't cost you anything to write an email right it's not like an ad mm -hmm. so if you can master uh email marketing and like get a few brands to like either hire you or you give it to them for free if you have to at the beginning like just just get numbers behind your your copy right and then you can validate what works and doesn't work and yeah. that gives you like oh maybe I want to go into that niche in the future and open my own store selling, you know, CBD products or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And this conversation was enlightening. I learned so much. So where else could people who are listening find your stuff? Where are you on Twitter, on other socials? So it's like a, I have this Wi-Fi money guy across Twitter, Instagram, and uh, YouTube. Uh, mm -hmm. On YouTube is mostly videos that I sent to my newsletter on listed. So join my newsletter, mm -hmm. uh, which is on my Twitter. You can get, you can get to it. And uh, I, I send like, a, I'm also starting TikTok and all the short form content stuff. I'll be doing videos. So I'll actually, uh, I'll blur my face. Uh, Cause unfortunately I don't have the plastic surgery yet. So I, <laughs> I, I you know, I can't show my face yet. Uh, not that handsome for that, but uh, <laughs> I will show, I will show abs every once in a while. Just kidding. Uh, but uh, I'll basically burn my face and talk about stuff on uh, on 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 TikTok, and uh, on my newsletter I break down an ad every week. So I basically take an ad that is making money and I break it down step by step why it works, uh, why it has been running as long as it has, and how you can use it on your own brand or use it to build your own brand. And I do that every week. Awesome! I think I'm gonna sign up for that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was an absolute blast. All right. Thank you so much for listening. This has been yet another episode of Common Sense. If you liked the conversation, please consider hitting that follow button on Spotify. Oh, and tell everyone you've ever met to do the same. And while you're feeling generous, why not subscribe to my YouTube channel? I promise I've ridiculed at least one of the identity groups you dislike. You have a great day now.